Hello, welcome to Talk with Christians again. We have awesome guests. We got Nathan and Reagan. Ben is not able to make it today. We miss you, Ben. So uh, be safe out there. Why don't we get started with uh, Nathan? Why don't you tell us where you're from, and uh, you know your name, where you're from, and what you're doing in the kingdom? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Titus. Um, Nathan Marshall. I'm from Wellsburg, West Virginia, the greatest state in the United States. Uh, no offense, Reagan, down there in Texas. We got to brag about it because no one else brags on us, so we got to try. That's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, we're just doing a lot of things. Uh, you know, during COVID-19, we did some selfie services. We tried to do some uh, different things. You know, of course, COVID-19 is still going on, but we are worshiping, thankfully, at our church building now, um, you know, just trying every day. Uh, trying to help our, our local community, uh, trying to get the word out, um, just try like, you know, there's thousands upon thousands of people in Wellsburg. We're a small town, but there's never, uh, not everybody goes to church. Not everybody uh, knows of, of God. So we're just continuously working and, and just trying to grow as a family and grow in spirit uh, every day. So just trying to have fun with it uh, as much as we can and just uh, smile every day, I guess. So. That's it. Awesome. Thanks, Nathan. Reagan, yeah, how thanks, about I you? Think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Reagan McCunney. I live in Lufkin, Texas, and I work with the Timberland Drive Church of Christ. You can find us on Facebook or TimberlandChurch.org is our website. And uh, it's a great group of people. We're just trying to shine our little light in our little corner while at the same time using the grace that has been given to us to help spread the gospel around the world at the same time. So my prayer is that all this COVID stuff will turn out for the furtherance of the gospel. We've got a lot of leads um, from people who maybe weren't comfortable coming in brick and mortar, but are watching online and doing stuff like that. And so uh, uh, we've got some correspondence going in that way. And so we're excited. We're excited about how the Lord can use us and work things together for good, uh, whether they're good in and of themselves or not. So we're excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't know this is the cheap plug section. Uh, WellsburgChurchChrist.com, yeah. Facebook, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad yeah. you're proud of your state, man. That's great. That's, right. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah I was, I was, we're laughing everything. Like, we're laughing every single thing. So we gotta we gotta pump this up somehow. I was gonna say I'm from the state of confusion, you know. But that's, <laughs> you gotta, yeah, my name's Titus uh, Blair, and uh, I'm right now a missionary in New Zealand. So if you're listening, please pray for me that we can be a light here. But also I do technology work to help companies with technology. But my main work is for God. So um, that's it's just fun. And this is one of the shows we can do, uh, Talk with Christians. So today we're going to talk about Take Up Your Cross. I know I've heard this a lot uh, as, if I was, as I've read the Bible and lessons. But um, it'd be good to talk about and just get it, dig into it, see what it actually means and how it applies to our lives. So we're going to, if you'll turn with me, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 16 and verses 24 through 27. So Matthew 16, 24 through 27, a little bit of trivia here for you. The take up your cross when I looked it up is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and it's pretty cool. And even a couple times in, in uh, Matthew and, and uh, Luke. So it's quite covered and quite heavy. So um, let's go through this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, he who wishes to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. For how would a man be benefited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his holy angels. And then he will reward each man according to his works. So why don't you guys, each of you, give me your thoughts on this, how, what this means to you, like how this connects with you. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on it. Well, I think this is right at the heart of discipleship and the level of commitment we're willing to make. Uh, the context in Matthew, I think, is really powerful. Um, it's, it's interesting, like you say, he uses this phrase in several different contexts, but I love the one you've picked. Because this is the occasion where Peter has made this great confession that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, you know, it seems like at this point they've seen him feed the 5,000 and the 4,000 and work all these miracles and they're starting to get it. And so Jesus raises the bar a little bit and he says, well, I want you to know that I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to be raised up. Um, and so he tells them I'm going to die on a cross, basically, uh, in not so many words and and Peter says, you know, may it never be. I mean, he's just emphatic, like you've messed up. That's not it. God forbid that. Uh, but Jesus emphasizes, you know, this is what has to happen. 
And so I really like what Tack Chumley says in his commentary on Matthew. He says, having made it clear there would be no crossless Christ, Jesus next shows there are no crossless Christians. Mm -hmm. And so before we get into what all this stuff means, I would just emphasize to everyone listening and watching that this is required. This is what discipleship is about. And if you want to be a Christian, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, this has to apply to you. If it doesn't, you're not really his disciple. I really uh, stands out to me is for how would a man benefit if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I think this is something we all deal with in some in me, me culture, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. What's your opinion, you know, especially with all the political climate and things going on in America here and and all the stuff with coronavirus and stuff. Everybody wants your opinion. You know, it's like, what's your opinion on this? What's your like it? You know, at the end of the day, like Solomon says, it's all vanity, like it's all worthless. It's all chasing after the wind. You know, it's just a it's just a joke. I look at Ecclesiastes, if you come with me there to 12, 13, what's Solomon say? The conclusion of Ecclesiastes, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. You just and it goes the same thing. Like we just should fear God. And realize that God's going to do what he's going to do. And, you know, we got to kind of roll the punches and not get caught up. You know, it says in Matthew there, 634, not to worry about tomorrow. Today is enough worries of its own. And that's something that's like, I never got to have a tattoo. But if I ever got a tattoo, I think I'd just tattoo it on my arm just so I can remember that. Because it's something I have to tell myself every day. Do not worry. Do not worry. It's just dumb Maybe to do it. It's a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. to start looking in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> just don't get it the wrong way. <laughs> like, I don't know what that says. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it, it's something you have to really like almost like tattoo on your soul because you're just like, it's so easy in today's culture with uh, the media and the constant barrage of stuff on Facebook and things like that uh, on, on Twitter, on Instagram. I work in social media. So every day I'm inundated with this, this stuff. And it's just uh, you got to just take a take a moment and realize that God's in control. I think there's a lot of well-intentioned Peters out there. You know, there's those who are preaching some form of the gospel, uh, but they're saying you don't have to take up a cross. Like that's not what's required of you. May it never be that you have to do this in order to be a Christian. And Jesus just, he dunks all over that. He says, that's not the way it is. If you're going to follow me, uh, this is what's required of you. Right. Well, and I think um, people see a cross as a negative thing. You know, they're like, oh, it's painful. And, uh, you know, this is criminals do it and all that stuff. But Jesus is saying, there's a reason for the cross. There's a reason I did what I did. And he says, if you want to save your life, essentially he's saying on here, you know, when you take up a cross, you're losing your life. You know, when he carried that cross and, and they went to the and crucified him, he was heading to lose his life with that cross on his on his back. So he's saying for you, if you, right after that, whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. Meaning when you take up that cross, you'll find your life. Those of you who are listening might think, well, how can dying or giving up my own desires and dreams and all things I want save my life? Because that is my life. But what Jesus is telling us is that, no, really the life that's rich and, and worth living is the one where you carry that cross. You have a mission and a purpose greater than yourself and greater than the things of this world. So that's, that's exciting. That's what I like about it is whoever saves his life, because everybody wants to save their life, don't they? But, yeah. mm. but like you said, uh, and from Ecclesiastes, fear God. God is the only one who has the power over life and death. So it's a, uh, you know, you can sit, try and keep your life, but you have no power over when you die, you know, not oh, for sure. COVID time, especially right at any minute you could get a cough or something and uh, you can't protect yourself. Yeah. And it's funny, like, you know, I, I actually work at a grief center now um, for a full, full-time job and, um, you know, people are dying still all the time and it's not from COVID related things. You have suicides, mental illness, car wrecks, you know, I think about like people getting car wrecks and then uh, like they're worried about COVID-19 and then they got in a car wreck, you know, like yeah. it wasn't even COVID-19 that killed them. It was something else. So they worried so much about this thing. You just got your worries in the wrong place, you know? And, and I was thinking about this too, like this has been a big struggle for me in my life and my walk with, with Christ is, um, when I got out of college, I was a stand-up comedian. I went to New York. Uh, I was doing stand-up com comedy professionally. Um, you know, I was getting groomed to do like sitcoms, things like this. And it was like, but I had this thing pulling at me too. Like I was not as strong as a Christian as I am now. And it's one of those things where it's like, I had one foot in the world and or maybe almost two and then one foot in Christ. And it always was pulling at me, you know? And it's just like, like, I don't want to give up my dreams to be a Christian, you know, like, I don't want to give up these things that I want to do 
And it's funny because the more people I talk to, like, you know, talk to these famous people or whatever that they're, they're famous or whatever back then, this is in the early 2000s. And I, I started to notice that every famous person wanted to be normal and every normal person wanted to be famous. And I started seeing this emptiness and I was like, it's, it's not, this is not success. You know, as a kid, I thought, oh, you need, if you get a statue built to you, you, you've made it. That's, that seems like a logical thing, right? Then I started traveling the world and realizing that every culture, when they come in, first thing they do is chop the heads off the statues. Or if there is a statue in town, most people have no clue who the guy is or girl. The birds are pooping all over their head. And it's just like, what's that that's weird statue over there? The pigeons are all over it. And I'm like, no one even cares. It's, not, it's, it's so empty. It's so vain. And, and guess what? Those people are dead and they don't even care about that statue. So okay. you started to really start to change your opinion and start to see this stuff and re- realize like, you know, this, this life is empty and what can I do to fulfill it? I need to, I need to have God in it for sure. Well, and you can't fill it as it says, um, it says for how would a man be benefited if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And, and we would say gain the whole world and lose your life too. Let's say if you died, like we mm-hmm. delivered it to you. So you can spend all your time on these temporal things these finite things but they will not last past the end of your life no matter what you do well i just making clear of what y'all both said the contrast there between which life is most important you know jesus says similar things that maybe make it a little more clear to us this is like a paradox here and maybe they didn't get it but in john 12 he makes clear that there's two different lives he's talking about right in john 12 25 whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So that's what we're talking about here, right? Which life is more important to you? Are you wanting to save your life in this world to amass whatever you can here? Or are you willing to give up whatever is necessary here? And let's be honest, I mean, look at the three of us on the internet. Like, we're not having to give up a whole lot right now. I mean, just to be honest. But but are you willing to give up whatever is required for what you're going to gain in the next life. So which life is more important? I, I think y'all have illustrated that very well. Yeah. It's like they have the salt life, you know, sticker. We got the <laughs> yeah. eternal, li- eternal life sticker, you know, cause that's, that's what it's about. Well, let's get into the questions now, guys. How do we deny ourselves? What does that mean? Cause it says, if you not deny yourself and take up your cross, deny yourself, what does that mean? What do you guys think? Uh, how would you answer that? Well, I think um, sometimes maybe we get the wrong idea. I know there are Christians throughout history who've done that, right? That deny yourself means that I have to, you know, there can be no pleasure in my life. There can be no good things in my life. Um, I've got to live on some monastery up on some mountain somewhere, <laughs> bread and water, and I've denied myself. But that's not really what he's talking about. It's really a matter of self versus Christ, self versus others. So it's a matter of selfishness, and uh, I would suggest almost all the problems we have from a spiritual perspective are based on selfishness. Uh, So many, if not all of our problems, are the result of thinking about what I need, what I think I want, uh, before I think of anyone else, including Christ or others. And so denying ourselves and putting others first is one of those foundational ideas of being a Christian. In everything we do, I have to start with not myself and my own needs, but what is Christ's will? And then what is for the good of others? Um, And it's not that I can't enjoy my life. I'm supposed to enjoy my life as much as is possible. Um, But I don't start with that. I start with what's, what is Christ's desire for me? And then what are the needs of other people? Well, you enjoy life because of that. Yeah, sure. Because you're on the path, because you follow Jesus the way you know the truth and you have the life, then you have joy, real joy. Yeah. You know, it can't be taken away from me based on circumstances. You know, it's not I'm not on that roller coaster. I mean, I got off Mm -hmm. that roller coaster and I'm so glad it's not, you know, good things are happening in my life. I feel great and bad things are happening. and I I feel terrible. Well, I still have those feelings, but that joy supersedes all of those things. I know that it's not about me. It's not about me, but it's about others and it's about him. And uh, when I got to that point, all of a sudden I I had a great life. I had I had joy in that. Yeah, I think people think that too, Reagan. That's there's some great points there. You think that you know it is like when when I'm I, I get to a spot where I'm so high in life that I'm just going to keep going at that spot. But really, it's about balance. When the times are going good, realize that they will end, but enjoy them for as long as they are. When times are going bad, realize they'll also end, and just get back to that balance as fast as possible. And that's something you know the world does not teach, and it's tough as a young person to figure that out because you're like, "Well, I should get up here. I should be up here, and I should be every day." Like I see other people, and and they just they seem happy all the time. 
Well, it's because they found that balance. They found that center and they're just like, they minimize like, like you were talking about Reagan, that, that when they're down, they minimize that. And they, when they, they're up the top, they just maximize the best they can and just move on and realize. So. Well, they're good at editing good. too, editing their uh, Instagram feed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every, every time. Yeah. yeah. Every, every, every five minutes. That roller coaster you talked about Reagan, um, you, essentially you get off it, you can still watch it. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. oh, you know, you're watching it go, but you're no longer on it. Like you're not feeling that, that, that drop and that rise, you know, you're just watching it and you can, you'll still, you know, when you watch something, it's still apprehensive or whatever, but you can be separate from it. Cause it says we're separate from the world. We're in the world now. We're not of the world. So we've, we've gotten off that roller coaster. And yeah. My citizenship is somewhere else. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You said too, Reagan, about just like, not um not going off and living in a monastery and thinking you can't do anything in life there's so many people even growing up when i i was just a young man just seeing people that just they looked miserable to be a christian these older people and just like oh you can't you can't do this you can't do and it was the religion of you can't 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 and it was just like that's all it is is like we can't do anything like it's just like just don't even go close to that because you will sin and it's like they're just certain things just, you know, it, they just weren't happy people trying to serve God. And like, I started reading about Jesus. You look at Jesus. He has a great sense of humor. I love when he comes <laughs> back from the dead and he comes back and everybody's like, oh my goodness, you are alive. And then, you know, Dowling Thomas comes up, you know, and he's like, ah, oh, he's not real. Let me put my finger in there. And he's like, wait, you're real. And then there's like this, you just feel this like pause. And then Jesus goes, does anybody have any food? Like, I'm hungry. Like, I just came <laughs> back from the dead. Like, you know, and like to think that he hung out with these guys for that long and they never had a joke. Then he never had camaraderie with people. Oh, they no. just put Jesus as this two-dimensional person. And he wasn't, he was this three-dimensional. He felt, he, he, he wept, he cried, he laughed. And I think when you realize that, then you realize Jesus is a real person. Well, I, uh, I put that question to a couple of things. I think it was G.K. Chesterton that said, uh, joy is the gigantic secret of Christianity. You know, like people associate Christianity with being forlorn and all these things. But joy is what we what we have, not because of this life and the things that are happening to it. Bad things happen to Christians like anybody else. But our attitude and response to that is totally different. But that idea of Jesus being a real person. Um, uh, Stephanie, my wife and I, we work at a camp every summer. And I, I put that question to a bunch of uh, sixth graders. I said, you know, if Jesus, Jesus was a sixth grader once or that age, you know, if he was here at camp, what would he be doing? And, you know, they're like, well, he'd just be in the cabin and he'd be reading his Bible all the time and he'd be praying, you know, and I'm like, you know what he'd be doing? He'd be playing soccer with the rest of you guys. But his attitude and the way that he goes about things would be different, um, that he would be one who is always going to live as a Christian not to live. Um, even in the midst of all of these things of life that he was doing. Um, and so too, for us, you know, we have, we have jobs, we have families, we have things that we enjoy, but I'm going to act like a Christian in all of those areas. And, and so doing shine my light. Well, I think, um, we do have an example when Jesus was young, uh, you know, he was found in the temple doing his yep. father's will. I think a lot of times in the, especially first, first world countries, it's all about entertainment and excitement and joy and fun in the worldly things. But I think Jesus says, I have a better, we have something better for the world. Like we don't have time for jet skiing if we don't include saying, look, everybody, Jesus came. He's a real person and he died for you. And, and if you don't, if you know, we can do this jet skiing, we can do this basketball. It doesn't matter because if you don't know that one thing, because that's why he went to the temple. He's like, look, I got to talk to these guys about the real things that matter. So if Absolutely. you're out there and you're participating in life, um, everyone is hopeless, folks. They might not tell you this. But if they actually look at life and you don't believe in God or eternity, li your life is a dead end. Literally, you're dead. There's nothing worth anything. So you can only find your pleasures in temporary things. But with Jesus, he brought us a new hope, which is that you will have a home in heaven, that you will be with him, that you can know God, that you can love God, you can love others perfectly like he did. Like he showed us how to love perfectly God and man. So that by itself is amazing because you might not be the life of the party. You know, you might not be the guy that's so fun, but you'll be the guy who prays. You'll be the guy who sacrifices and says, you know, I know you're suffering. I'm here for you. You're going to hold their hand. You're going to put your arm around them. So you might not be this great fun guy, but you'll be the person that matters in their life because love is the most powerful thing we can bring to people, I think. And I've learned this over time. I used to think that, you know, what I had, could bring was like the, the word of God, you know, like I said, that's the most powerful thing you could read the Bible. But then I, I thought, but Jesus said, it is by your love 
that you'll know that you're my disciples, right? So yeah, go ahead, Nathan. What do you got? Yeah, I was just gonna say, and and I mean, I've known a lot of Christians that are life of the party, and they did the right thing too. It's like they just um, there's just charismatic individuals that are just right. fun to be around. It depends what party you're at too. I mean, that's the <laughs> thing too, and what you're looking for. You know, that's how you always laugh at in college. You can get whatever you want at any time in college, you know, it just depends what you're looking for, but there's always this philosophical people, you know, whether they were drunk or whatever they were doing, they'd always have, they'd always go, your mind always goes to the philosophical. And it's so weird. Like why is the human condition to always wonder what else is out there? No matter how much you've learned about the Bible or anything growing up, you always look at the stars. You always look at nature. I was talking to a coworker the other day and he was on zoom and he goes, Oh, a squirrel just went by. And he just paused and I said, isn't it funny that no matter how many times we see nature or things in nature that we can, the most amazing things on television, special effects and all that stuff, a squirrel goes by and we're like a squirrel. Look at that deer. You know, like we pause and it's like, there's something to that. Like, you know, there's just this magnificence to it that it is just, I don't know, but it's like, I don't know, just, just getting that, um, your mind in the right spot. Like I said, there's a lot of people that can uh, definitely bring a lot of joy to a party for sure as yeah. a Christian too. Yeah, Jesus, like, Jesus was probably the life of the party, I imagine. Well, I mean, he healed people. Of, yeah, I was saying, he, he was doing a lot of cool stuff. Well, I like what you said, Titus, about our love. And maybe that brings us back to this concept of denying ourselves. Like, it's not just our love in general. That's true. But Jesus specifically said it's our love for one another when we love as he loved. Well, what mm-hmm. is that? You know, Jesus denied himself and what was best for himself to come and live as a man, live perfectly and die on a cross. Well, when other people see our love for our brothers and sisters is such that we deny ourselves and we put their needs above our own, they're going to be like, that guy's different. Like, I I don't know what's going on over there, but I want to figure out what that is. And so, yes, whatever environment we're in, if we're people who deny ourselves and our needs to put the needs of others first, especially our brethren, um, then they will know us as we love others, as he has loved us. Awesome. Yeah, I think that you're the good point here as we go to the next question that's coming up is to say when we deny ourselves, uh, that means we are open for other people. You know, if you don't deny yourself, you're not open. And if we're open for other people, those are the ones that people like, the ones that listen to you, don't don't want to hear you talk about yourself, but want, want you to be interested in them. So uh, this is just, this is Jesus. When you were talking about entertainment and whatever, I thought it's so cool that we can go back to Jesus and just watch and see what he did. You know, mm-hmm. he, he could have spent all his time on the beach, you know, and said, hey, bring everybody to me, you know, bring them here. But he was always moving around and he was connecting with people one on one and in groups. So this is an example for us. Also, that's what I love about Jesus. He left a real example. He didn't just teach us something. He actually lived it out. Um, so that's that's awesome. Let's go. So denying self, folks, as we've talked about is, uh, by the way, I thought about a monk. A monk doesn't really deny themselves. They actually embrace everything about themselves. Because when you go away from everybody else, who's left? <laughs> Yourself. <laughs> That's I, easy, man. Yeah. I, I, come on. I, it, it's, to, it's so, it, it doesn't, it's interesting, right? I'm going to separate myself in order not to be selfish anymore. But then you're all yep. completely selfish because all that's there is you. So, anyway. <laughs> you, yeah. yeah. All right. So, the next question, which is a good one. So, we're talking about deny ourselves and what does that mean? And then it says, what is my cross that Jesus is talking about? Like, what's he talking about? Because it doesn't say, he didn't say, take up the cross. He said, take up your cross. So what do you guys think is uh, the cross that Jesus is talking about? And uh, how do you guys take up your crosses? So that's always good to, to bring that in. Well, this uh, phrase has been used a lot by people. Um, you know, it's just my cross to bear. You know, like uh, a lot of times people talk about, you know, they're caring for a sick loved one or they have illness themselves. And they say, it's just my cross to bear. Uh, nothing wrong with that necessarily, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. I don't believe um, this is something specific to Christianity. And and in my judgment, cross bearing is first and foremost crucifying the flesh. It is a daily commitment I'm going to kill my flesh. I'm going to kill my desires and follow after the spirit. I'm going to follow after what God wants me to do. Um, And so we have to take up that cross on a daily sort of basis and uh, live for him. Um, And so my cross is my temptations, my will, all of those things that get in the way of my relationship with Jesus. And I crucify those things and I do that every day. Um, so that I might follow him. So for 
for me in taking up my cross, uh, every single day when I get up, I have to crucify the flesh again to say, I'm going to live today uh, and just today for Jesus. And whatever that entails, that's what I'm going to do because I've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, and I'm following after the Spirit. And of course, Galatians 5 talks about that in great detail. Yeah, and is that easy? <laughs> Sometimes it's easier than other times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that old flesh is hard to kill. He's like uh, he's like the bad guy in a horror movie, you know. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason why it says we got to crucify him is because yeah. we got to kill him, kill him dead, because yeah. he'll keep coming back to life if we allow him to. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I'm taking up my cross every day, then every day I'm killing him again and killing and killing him again, so that he doesn't come back. Totally right, Reagan. Like too, when you're who you surround yourself with. We've been talking a lot of church about iron sharpening iron, and having people that are around you that help sharpen your iron, uh, help make you a better Christian, help challenge you to do things uh, differently. You know, even like today, like we could have all went and done something different uh, and not put this effort in today, but we all care about this enough that like. And guess what? Now I'm at Titus. Now I'm at Reagan, and then you have other people who are like. I don't want to say hold you accountable, but kind of like that, you know, friends or uh, people, acquaintances you meet to say, hey, you're better than this. That's all you're doing this or like whatever, like and can challenge you to say, you know what? I am better than this. Like I, I should I should do something different. So, I mean, I think that's that's a, a nice thing about um, taking up the cross as well or whatever, I guess, too. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I always like to look back at Jesus. So what was the cross that Jesus took? Well, he, the cross he took was a mission from God. You know, he said, look, this is what, son, this is what I want you to do. Now, you're going to you can choose not to, but I want you to do it. And he said, you know, God, because I love you so much, I'm going to do it. And God said, well, because I love some everybody else so much, I want you to do this. That's what the Bible says. And so Jesus took up that cross, which was what? To sacrifice everything so that we, you who are listening and watching us here in the show, might be right with God, might be saved. And so our cross as Christians is this is the very same thing. Uh, when he sent everybody out, he said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them all these things that I've commanded you. Uh, Jesus said, here's your cross, the same one I have, which is to go and tell people what I did, why I did it, and that God loves you. And because you, and you do it, here's the problem I had in the past. I didn't do it because I love people. I did it because it was like, I'm going to go to heaven. You know, or I could just mm -hmm. check the box off. And I thought that what heaven is not sufficient enough for what I do. It has to be the love of God that, that makes it sufficient. It can't be a reward that makes me love people. It has to be love that makes me love people. So that's what I see um, when when you take up your cross. It's talking about the cross, that the cross in each of our lives, which is what you were saying. We put down our life and we say, God. I know you want me to, to go to these people you love and I want you to, and I know you want me to tell them about you and I, want, and I know you want me to serve them and help them. And I'm going to do that because I love you. And he's going to say, yeah, because I love them so much. You're going to get to do this and you're going to see my love. And that's what's really cool. And then how do I take up my cross every day? <sighs> Look around, out the door and see somebody walk by. Have you ever done that? Yesterday we were out, out do some evangelism in the street and I'm like, God, tell me what to do because there's people walking by every minute. And I say, what can I do to reach these? It's dead people walking. Folks, if you're listening to this and you're going to go to the mall today or watch a movie and you're not with God and you're right with God, you're dead. Like what you're walking is like a zombie in the zombie movie. It, you're, you, you literally are just walking life waiting to die. And, and, and I say, what can I do, God? So my cross is, is usually my cross that I bear is the lost. You know, is to say, oh, Jesus, you, you, you took up a cross for me and you died for me. And, and what can I do? What can I do? What can I say? How can I love? So there we go. What do you guys got? Well, I just, I'd add to that. I think a lot of times this whole idea of a cross is become so big for people. It's, you know, if somebody came and said, you know, I'm either going to kill you or uh, you have to deny Christ, you know, and we put ourselves in those hypothetical situations and we say, well, if, if that was the case, I would die for Jesus, right? I would die for it. Well, hopefully that's true. Hopefully that's the case, but that's, that's not really what normally happens. I like how Luke 9.23 says, take up his cross daily and follow me. It is the simple things when we get up in the morning. And if we are willing to die for him, quote unquote, but are unwilling to daily take up our cross and live for him, then we've missed the whole point of what this is about. Um, 
if the question of commitment is in some hypothetical situation in the future and we say, I would die for him in that situation, but then in the form of these small daily duties of life this week, right now, today, our faith wanes, then we haven't really taken up our cross to follow him. Um, and if we're faithful in few things, uh, then he will give us bigger things to, to take care of. But we have to start with those few daily things uh, that today I'm going to look like you're talking about, Titus. I'm going to look for opportunities with the lost. I am going to study my Bible so that I know Christ better. I am going to be devoted in prayer. I am going to try and be the kind of example that I'm supposed to be today um, in those small things. I'm going to I'm going to treat my wife and children the way I ought to today as a Christian should. Not just that I would die for them in some scenario, but I'm going to live <laughs> for them today. That's what God yeah. calls them to do. Well, didn't Peter say that? I mean, Peter said, Lord, even though they all deny you, I will die with you. I will never deny you. And Jesus said, oh, you know, like the hypotheticals are so great in your mind. Reality yeah. never connects with the hypothetical. I, I, I don't know if I would deny Jesus. You know, I can be honest with myself because I don't yeah. know. I'm a man. I'm a person. I'm a human uh, flesh. Mm-hmm. And I pray by God's grace. Look, he gave Peter a second chance, didn't he? He asked him Peter, three yeah. times. He asked he, him three Peter times. Peter knew him and he did it. And it, well, like, I know. Down the world, he, you know, like he, he literally was with him uh, for years. Like, so it, we always do that, though. I think it's the devil's work, too. Like, he, he puts all these hypotheticals. What about that small little town in Africa that no one's ever heard of, of God? I looked up, like, the most remote place in the world, and it's, like, off the coast of Africa and, like, South America. It's, like, so far out there. Like, you can't, you have to get there by boat, you can't get there by plane. And there are two churches on that island. Like there's like 400 people or something like that and two churches. Like it's like people have heard of, of, of God. And, and it's, you know, I was in Tibet years ago. It was like 2002. Like this is like one of the remote places in the world, you know, and people are asking me like is on American about Christianity and about God. Like, so, I mean, we get, we get caught up in these hypothetical things and we try to, you know, I think it maybe becomes more of a stumbling block than anything. But I'll tell you what's been very difficult during the coronavirus stuff to do this because you feel like your traditional ways of reaching out to people or just going around, you know, talking to people in day-to-day life, uh, hugging right. people, giving people high fives, things like that, just for connecting with people throughout life uh, is, is all changed. And, you know, I work at a place where uh, Fred Rogers uh, from PBS, if you remember him, Mr. Rogers, he started this, uh, helped start this organization. And he said, always look for the helpers when there's times of trouble. And that's a, a very biblical thing too. And it's, but it's just tough to be a helper. So you have to kind of redefine, how to be a helper, you know, is it doing something like this? Is it, uh, you know, going out of your way? I was at Kroger the other day or one of our local grocery store and they had flowers. So like so cheap, it was like a dollar 25. I like loaded up on those flowers and just took them to different people. Like, I mean, you could, uh, for like 17 bucks, you get like a ton of them, you know, and just the, the, you'd act like you gave someone a million dollars, you know, like just by giving those little things to people. Um, so just trying to find different ways every day, uh, to show God through you. Like Reagan talked about being a good family, man. I mean, there's so many people at church that are just great men and women and, and raising their kids. And you look at them, they could be younger or older than me, but you look at them and say, man, that is so great. And they, they see, you see God shine through their life. Like what's the, the hymn say? Sometimes we're the only Bible the world will ever read, you know? And so we got to kind of be that Bible. And then that opens conversation because people go, why are you so happy? You know, like this happened to you. Why were you, why did you act differently? That's what they did with Jesus. You know, like you should be mad about this, but you did this. Why? And then they, then they can learn, I think, which is pretty cool. One thing that I'm doing to deny self and take up my cross from a very practical standpoint is I've decided I'm not posting anything about coronavirus online, you know, because like, I don't want to be known as the mask guy or the non-mask guy or any of those sorts of things. I want what, differentiates me from everybody else to be my Christianity, to be my faith, to be my love, to be those things. And so self has lots of opinions, right? I have lots of things that I think are right and wrong and all of those sorts of things in this world from a social standpoint and all of those sorts of things. But those things are so much less important. Um, And so I'm going to take up my cross by saying I'm going to deny myself of all of those opinions because I don't want any of that getting in, in the way of how I might draw somebody to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I've actually got away from doing political posts too. Um, one of my recent successful posts was, would you rather be a toilet plunger or the toilet brush? 
and it's really, if you think about it, it's a philosophical question. There's a lot of, there's a lot of answers and boy, did I get a lot of answers. And uh, some people try to bring it into the political realm with Trump and Biden. I just said, oh, that's two doors down. I'm not talking about that here. Like I just, you just don't, just don't buy into what the world's selling, you know, like the world sells you a, a a bag of goods that you don't need just you know buy into god don't buy into all that stuff because guess what when the, whoever gets elected they're going to hate that person too it's just it never ends it just never stops well we have more important news to give people you know i guess so whenever when everybody's heard heard about jesus and they uh and they know god and they choose to turn their back or follow him you know that's fine then we can start talking about this stuff but until the whole world knows um we just don't have time and I've gotten distracted myself, Reagan, you know, like also where I've kind of posted some COVID things and all that stuff. And, and I thought my wife was like, you know, maybe that's not the most useful use of your time. And I said, that's true, because I just not enough people have heard the word. Uh, they, they just hear opinions. And by the way, we're going to be wrong no matter what, uh, because there's only there's only one way that's true. There's only one way. There's only one truth. And there's only one life. And that is Jesus Christ. And like Paul said, he said, I would just know Christ and him only crucified. That's it. Like, that's all we need to know. People get so complicated. And it really just talking about Jesus more and more and saying, look, coronavirus will come and go. All these things will come and go. But what are you going to do when you go, you know, when you're dead? So, yeah, that's good, guys. So, And even if you're right about some of the coronavirus, no one's going to go. Oh, look, two years ago, I, 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 look, I'm sharing my memory. I was right about the coronavirus. Like, and everybody's like, okay, like, who cares? <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, we, yeah. we, we forget things so quickly. It's just like, eh, whatever. That, that's, we were talking about that. My wife and I the other day, like, we're like, yeah, in like three years from now, no one's even, like, you'll barely talk. It's like the swine flu or the bird flu or all these things. I mean, of course, this is a bigger one than that because of all the repercussions, but it's like, you just forget these things. And like, uh, you know, like uh, Reagan was saying about his name earlier, that his freshmen don't even know who Ronald Reagan is. So, you know, like, it's just, it's just the way life is, man. So, Well, you want to be left over. Uh, what you want left in your life and people to remember is the posts about Jesus that you did mm -hmm. and not the post yeah, that you were wrong about the mask or right about the <clears throat> mask and all that stuff. But, you know, and, and we're never going to be proven wrong by Jesus. We'll only be proven right. And I hope those of you that are listening that you've, follow Jesus because when you are proven wrong about Jesus, if you think he doesn't exist or isn't real, you're going to find out. And that moment's going to be either when you die or when he comes back in an instant and it'll be too late. So if you're listening to the show and watching it, this is your time. Like this is God reaching out to you and saying, look, I love you, but I can't force you to follow me. It's just something you have to do. You have to do it yourself. I've given you the option to do that. So you don't forget that. Um, and we take up our cross. Us, all three of us take up our cross willingly. Not well, I'm sure. I don't take my cross. I drop it all the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, we take it up every day because we have someone who took up their cross, Jesus Christ, and I want to be just like him. You know. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's let's go to the next question. Uh, what are the works? Okay, so at the end it said the man will be rewarded for his works. Remember at the very last bit of our our we're reading. So we take up we deny ourselves. Uh, by the way, opinions are related to self. I thought of that. If you have an opinion, it's usually self. So if you want to deny yourself, deny your opinions. And then, uh, so, and then it said, uh, deny yourself and then take up your cross daily. At the end, it said that they'll, Jesus will come back and reward those for their good works. So what are the works Jesus is talking about? What do you guys think that is um, at the end of that, at the end of verse reading? Well, um, so I, I think about uh, Ephesians after it talks about us being saved by grace through faith, um, not of ourselves, not of works. Um, and yet it, it's interesting that immediately he says in verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, other people are going to be judged based on the things they do. We're all going to be judged based on the things we do. In a general sense, I think we understand that. But for someone who wants to take up their cross, for someone who wants to do the will of God, then there are works that God has prepared for us. Um, from before the foundation of the world, he says, this is the kind of person that I'm going to bring to myself. This is the kind of person that I'm going to draw. This is the citizen of my kingdom. Um, and so, yes, we can say in a general sense, we're talking about all of the things that we've done are going to be brought before God, whether they're good or whether they're evil. Another passage talks about that. But when we think about one who's taken up their cross, one who desires to be a Christian, well, then we have works that God has given us to do that he prepared, we're his workmanship to do those works. Um, and they're the, the fruit that a Christian is supposed to be bearing in all of these things. 
James 2.18 uh, says, but someone may well say to you, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. It's the easiest way to open a door to talk to somebody. Uh, the way you live your life, the way you do things. Um, it's even like around other Christians, you know, like there's you, you go to church with people sometimes for years. Thankfully, I've been able to do that. And, you know, some people were just like, they're, they're just they never get it they never start to grow uh until sadly later in life or maybe they never do and they, they just kind of you know just want everybody else to to um to, to uh, do the work you know herman cain was a politician i don't remember this guy he was like a uh pizza guy and i remember yeah, he was, an, oh, I was, when I was younger yeah and he made like a he was like a five 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 deal like for insurance or something like that and that was like he made like a real big push but uh one of the things i remember him saying one time and other people have said i don't know why i remember him saying it but he said america has to have a little bit of skin in the game and that's the exact same thing with christianity if you have a, a church where and i've seen this too many times in congregations where one person or one family does everything they do every and guess what that church evaporates or goes away after that family dies or they move away and it's not good. You have to have everybody involved and in, in, in getting people to teach class, uh, getting people to even help with communion or uh, clean the building or uh, mow the, the yard, whatever it is to just help out, you know, and then guess what? Then they want to start having Bible studies and then getting them to help out with Bible studies, things like that. They have some skin in the game. If everybody does it for them, they never grow and our works never become anything but crawling. So it's it's important to just continuously push yourself out there. There's a guy who goes to church with us and on. He's just been coming back. He came back recently, oh, probably in the last year. And that guy is on fire. And it's so infectious to see. He just tries and tries, no matter what, like little things. Like the other day, like we sat there for communion, getting ready to, to do communion. And he's like sharing a songbook with me or things like that, where he's just trying so hard to do anything he can. And then when someone's like that, feed them, feed these Christians and, and try to help them out. Because so many times we're like, someone's on fire for God. And we're just like, Okay, just settle down, settle down. It's it's like a it's like a puppy that's uh, okay. Just grow up a little bit. But like, no, we got to feed those people because those people you got fuel that fire because they want they want to be fed. And I think that's we're like trying to find works for people is a tough thing in congregations too. We're trying to get many people to do things. But well, and Paul said, uh, you know, the, the the people were his work in the Lord. Certain churches, you know, things he worked on, mm -hmm. like the people are his work. I think the greatest fruit we can have are the the souls that we impact um, because we were involved in their lives you know and i think the only way i think a lot of times people think arguments are going to win souls or you know being able to structure things properly but like again i'm going to say it again it's love that breaks uh, all down all walls because love is what everybody needs that, that flower example you gave you know why are people happy when some random person gives them a flower mm -hmm. because they feel special you know it's not about us giving the flower it's about them. They say, wow, someone appreciates me for some reason. And, you know, that's what we're all looking for. Uh, if you're listening and, and watching, you may be looking for something. You might be looking for someone who loves you, you know, that knows who you are to your heart. And that's God. Like he knows you're not invisible. You're completely transparent to him. He knows everything about you. And yet he still said, I'm going to send my son to die for you, even though he knows everything about us. You know, so like our work, I guess the thing that we would the one thing that I think the work that I would like to do uh, is in the end is the impact that I had on people's lives to, to, to move them to know God through the love that through his son, you know, not, not to give them like you know, to memorize Matthew or to know how to defeat people about if you argue about baptism or all these other things, but that I could just show a love so great. Like we've all talked about that when someone punched me in the, in the face, I said, man, I forgive you. I mean, mm -hmm. this is awesome. Like this, if you think about that deep, um, uh, the power we have as Christians is powerful love. It's not fighting, you know, with our fists. It's not fighting with our voices and words. It's going out there and laying our life on the line, like mm -hmm. going to the middle of this thing that's so difficult and dangerous and saying, look, God loves you guys. And they attack you and they beat you up and you rise up and say, I'm still going to love you. That's awesome. That's what Jesus did. That's what, you know, Stephen at the end, when they saw Stephen, God, if you're listening, um, Stephen was someone who came after Jesus and he was selected to help people out. And he would talk and they, they, were, they were stoning him to death. They were like, you're, he was talking about Jesus and who he was and he's stoning him to death. And he said, Lord, don't hold this against them. Forgive them. Who does that? It's the last words of your life. Wouldn't you want to say, kill them all, you know, get rid of them all. But he said, who does that? Folks, listen to that. This is a real person. This happened countless, many times throughout history. 
Christians say forgive people as they kill them, as they kill their children. What is that? Think about yeah. that. Okay, so um, yeah. So anyway, that's our works. Yeah, go ahead, it's Reagan. Christ, it's Christ-like. Father, forgive them; they know not what they do. Exactly. That's it. Um, and it's it's interesting. This is a great question. I I don't know if this was you or one of your listeners, Titus, but this is a great question because in the text, you know, the King James says he will reward you based on your works, right? So that's like us doing what we've three been talking about, doing the works that God has prepared for us. But maybe the word is the English Standard says he will repay. Right. And so repay is the idea of, OK, there are consequences, whether good or bad. And I'm reminded of Romans chapter two. He will render to each one according to his works. Same mm -hmm. word to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life. Mm -hmm. But for those who are self-seeking, those who don't deny themselves and take up their cross. Right. And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. There will be wrath and fury. So there are two kinds of works, and which ones are we going to do? Well, if the house that's great, Reagan, because if the house is burning and people run back in to get their TV and they perish in that house, they were selfish. They wanted something that, that was part of this world. They wanted to grab it and take it with them. But the ones who ran, took their kids and just ran out and just left everything else behind, they don't perish in the fire. You know, and that's the same for Christians is we're all going to perish, folks. Uh, everybody's going to die. Uh, just matters. Uh, do you die on the planet, or do you get taken by God to be with Him? That's it. You know, that's good, Reagan. That's good, man. Well, let's talk about one more thing then. I always have this week's challenge. Think about what your cross is. Like, what is it? What do you take up every day? Let's think, dwell on this stuff, and then take it up this week. You know, if there's something difficult. Maybe you say, "Hey, I, you know, I haven't really taken up the cross of, of." this thing, like, you know, pursuing this thing that I shouldn't be pursuing, doing this thing I have, I shouldn't be doing. I, shouldn't, I haven't killed that thing on the cross. I'm going to kill it this week, right now. I'm going to just nail it on the cross. Uh, let's take that up on this week. And then step out and courage. So once you got your cross on, step out and courage to be the light Jesus has shown us to be and do good works, right? Because he said, you'll be rewarded for your works. Carry that cross because you're going to be rewarded for the efforts. If you remember in this verse, it said, if you love your life, you'll lose it. But if you deny your life, if you deny all these things, you will gain your life. You see, Jesus is saying, what you'll gain from taking up the cross is so much greater than what you'll lose if you don't. You know. So um, what do you guys think about this challenge? Like, What are some things that uh, you think we could encourage people or yourself, maybe? Hold yourself to something this week. Don't eat any more donuts for me or something. No. <laughs> That's good. They have good donuts down in New Zealand or what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> donuts are good everywhere. That's the right answer. I put them in every every show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> As they should. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a heart thing for me. You know, it's a perspective thing for me. Um, it is so easy to get distracted by the physical, the carnal, the momentary. Um, and he asked that question that we all had to ask ourselves: What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And he says, "I'll tell you what true value is." If you gain the whole world and lose your soul, well, then you've lost everything. Um, and so it starts with that perspective. I know you want to get to the practical stuff, but but it starts with that perspective. And the example that's used in Hebrews 12 is Esau, that he was a carnal man who sold his birthright for a cup of stew. Right. And the birthright was everything that God was going to give him. He's going to be part of the lineage of Christ, all of those sorts of things. And he says, you know, this great, incredible, awesome spiritual thing that's going to have an impact for millennia and eternity and all those things. I would rather have a cup of stew uh, <laughs> than that. And I think sometimes that's how cheaply we sell out. Well, you know, we sell our soul not for the whole world. Um, the example in Hebrews 12 that's used is fornication, sexual immorality, you know, a moment of pleasure. I'm going to sell my soul for that. Hmm. Um, and I would rather have that moment than eternity. Um, and so once we start with that perspective, then we can get into the practical things of, okay, what am I going to do today that is that has eternal significance, right? What am I going to do today that's going to matter in eternity? Um, and so that's... That's what I try and challenge myself to do every single day. Um, you know, if I can, if I can give up something that is going to come in the way of my two little girls going to heaven, that matters in eternity. And so something as simple as, you know, today and every day, we're going to sit down together at the end of the day and we're going to talk about God. We're going to read from the scripture and we're going to say a prayer. 
And that takes five or 10 minutes. But that's mm -hmm. something we've committed to do every day to emphasize those things to them. Um, and so that would be an example for those who have families. Um, yeah. uh, that would be an example of something we need yeah. to be doing. That's cool. Yeah, it's good to have practical because they can, some people just need examples and ideas. And so that's awesome. How about it you, Nathan? A corny quote that's very accurate, though they call it, they call it the present because it's a gift. Uh, just thinking that every day, like you're you, when you do wake up, you just like you know there you know there's so many people out there that you know um, sadly like mental illness is a huge thing right now in our country and it's just not talked about enough. It's you know people are suicidal, people are having um, you know people are lost and confused and they don't know what to do in their life. Um, Christians and non-Christians, there's a lot of people like that, but it's just trying to find every day, um, go through the muck and trying to find a way that you can help God out. And it's, it's, that's what the part of the adventure and the fun of it is every day. It's different. It's not yeah. ever the same thing. You can think, Oh, it's going to be just exactly like this. Like it's Sunday. It's Lord's day. Obviously I'm going to give back to God. So I'm going to go to church Sunday morning, go to church Sunday night. I'll talk to people about, then it just all changes. Like, you know, we were at church on Sunday. A guy drove all the way from Connecticut. He's a truck driver. Uh, we were getting out of church, and a guy comes right up. I'm like, hey, man, what's, what's going on? And uh, he said, I came right from Connecticut, and I want to be baptized. And I'm like, let's go. <laughs> like, you know, like, that was so great to see. Like, you know, I didn't know that was going to happen. No one else didn't know that. Okay. I don't even know if he knew that was going to happen. But he drove all night over, you know, from Connecticut to come right down there. Uh, and get baptized. So, I mean, it's, it's just finding those new ways. And then like, I think my, my thing this week is just to try to help people, uh, Christians and in our church, we have a small congregation, but just continuously equip them. Like I was talking about earlier to, um, to feed them, to, to continuously to grow. I always talk about building your army. Like you, you have these pews you sit in. And a lot of times we have, we'll have an empty pew. Like it'll be like one family per pew, you know, and there's like the sign seats or whatever, you know, <laughs> but I was like, build your army, fill that pew. And then guess what? You start to fill the church building and, and, and guess what? Then you have the count of accountability. Cause these people are like, Hey, you don't let them down. Cause they're your friends or your brothers, you know? So you try to, to get better at it. So I guess my, my challenge this week is I'm going to try to continuously uh, try to help other people find ways to get back to God as well as myself. So. That's awesome. Yeah. And, it will, and, and it's, um, that's a great thing. It's denying yourself, right? Giving back. And I think that it's funny. Cause you said, uh, the, Every day is the present, you know, as a gift. And I thought, you know, God gives us gifts all the time. Every day is a gift because we could die at any minute. And we open that gift up. Have you ever heard a song and you hear it over and over and eventually you just, it's not the same anymore, is it? Like the song is not, that first time you hear it, maybe. Yeah, it just keeps, keeps getting not the same. You know, it's not, doesn't have that same impact. Everybody who's listening to this knows this is the world. Whether you have that food or you get that car, you get that house, you get that person, whatever, all these things. It all fades. It all becomes nothingness. It all becomes of no value. But the gift God gives us every day as Christians is to see what has he delivered to us to glorify him and to serve him. You see, he, he's given us a purpose. None of us have purposes in this world, but the purpose we've given ourselves. But God, just to use you listening, if you have dealing with depression and, and your value of your life, if you're watching and listening to this, God has delivered this message to you today personally. Like if you're if you're if you're encountering God in anything in any time a Christian comes to you or anybody, that's God reaching out to you specifically across the world. Sometimes, like Nathan said, a, some guy came from many many miles away just to connect. He never would have known that. So don't forget that if you're listening, God loves you, and He sent His Son for you, and His Son died and rose again to be so that you could be right with Him. And this is a real guy. Jesus is a real person. I'm going to say it again. He's a real person, and you can look. In fact. I would love for you to email me and show me that Jesus is not a real person because he is like he, he, you can see how the world has changed because of him. And so um, this week's challenge for me is to continue to love the lost. You know, um, that cross on my back should, should remind me that there's a lot of people who don't have that cross, you know, who don't have that hope that don't have that purpose. So let's, let's, we'll encourage you out, everybody listening that, that if you're a Christian, you know, First of all, feel that cross on the back, like put it on your back, feel it and say, you know what? This is an honor because Jesus did this. You see, everybody looks at the cross as suffering. And I look at it as, 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 as the ultimate thing is to be able to do what Jesus did and, mm -hmm. and you know, to follow him. He, he's going to give us a big hug, man. If we got that, if we got that cross on our back and he's like, you did it. You see, you understand, you know what I went through. You did it. You went to the end. People who just throw it down. It's no good. They, they'll never understand Jesus' suffering. They'll never understand the path that he took. And the path he took leads us all to God, right? 
So that's awesome, guys. Hey, this has been a great show. I appreciate you all being on the show. And um, do you have any last minute thoughts? Do you have any last minute uh, things you want to say before we close up in prayer? Just thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Like I said, I never met you before today and just connected with you to Facebook and, uh, and same thing with Reagan. Uh, you know, it's uh, just nice to meet other Christians and, and just uh, talk about God for even just a couple moments. So appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'm not a real person. I, this is actually an artificial intelligence. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you looked a little robotish. <laughs> I'd be interested to see what you really look like. Then. Yeah. yeah, I'm not real. It's, I'm a figment of imagination. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, just, all, as all of my friends are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. He's the comedian. That's right. He is. He is. Uh, I just, my admonition is the same as Jesus's, I guess. Like, just keep on following him. You know, that's a present imperative, right? It's not just follow me. It's keep on following him. And uh, that's a daily thing. So every morning, his mercies are new every morning. I may have messed up yesterday, but today, today I can do it. Um, I can challenge myself today to take up that cross and follow him. And maybe, um, Maybe I, I think this is going to be my challenge today. I'm I'm going to pray through this this passage um, starting in the morning. And so first thing I, I'm going to do is I'm either going to read this or quote this, and I'm going to pray that God will help me to do that today. Um, and before we know it, we're walking in the Spirit. And it's worth it, isn't yeah. it? Like it is. this is this is you, you, everybody has to remember when you deny yourself, um, what you deny is all the bad things. You see, when when you when you follow God, you follow the perfect things, the good things, the things that allow you to be more than you could ever imagine as a self person. You know, like you have the spirit. It says the kingdom of God is within you. You you have the kingdom. Yeah, I was thinking Ben Franklin too. Have you ever seen the late great Ben Franklin? He would every day he would try to he would write down his sins and he would try to have a perfect day. From what I could gather and what I've read from him, he's never never had a perfect day. So he would yeah. try to focus on one sin. He did this sin, and then he would the next day try to focus on that sin, and then he'd sin somewhere else. And he's like, ah, he was trying so hard. I mean, and then Ben Franklin, of course, is an interesting character in himself. But uh, you know, he like he tried that. Same with us. We're going to fall in different ways, but we still should try every day. And people go, well, why do I even why do I even care? Why do I even wake up if it, like because you should care like Jesus did too. Like, and he, he did accomplish it. So it's pretty well, who, cool. To see. Who's going to love the world, Nathan. Right. I mean, like yeah. we are the human beings. We are the one, the hands and the feet. We, we are the, the, the physical interaction with those who are lost. Who will do that? If we don't, if we can get up and just have that moment, even if you just encourage somebody at the Starbucks and say, I really appreciate, you know, God loves you. I appreciate you, what you're doing here. You know how many times we've done that? And they just like, go, Oh, Whoa. You know, like what it, 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 you can do amazing things with little things. You know, it doesn't take, you don't have to be uh, doing all these crazy things. You can just go to someone every, this week in fact, I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell five people, which is one every day, uh, each person would say, I appreciate them. I would, sometimes I give them some money or something. You know, I say, this is just an extra money for you because I know you work hard and I, and I want to let you know that God loves you. I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to tell them God loves you because so many people do it, but they leave God out. Don't leave God out when you're doing things, folks. Put God into it. Don't be embarrassed. Be be proud that you can that you know God and that you can introduce people to Him. Don't be ashamed. Don't think, well, if I bring God into it, they're going to think I'm crazy. Yeah, you are crazy <laughs> because the world thinks that everything is about everything on this planet, and you think it's not everything on this planet. That's crazy. But that's yeah, also go, hope. The extra, yeah. go the extra mile. Don't just uh, leave your waiter or waitress <laughs> uh, a, a tip that says God loves you. That's yeah. not a good way. Not a yeah. good way to reach people either. Yeah, like do do go crazy. You know, do something yeah. amazing and impact yeah. people's lives. You know, sh- and, and I, it's easy to just hand money. By the way, folks, just hand people money. But see the person. Like look them in the eye. There was somebody in a previous episode who said, "Look, there's not one person you look at that God doesn't love." And I, and that's helped me because I think, you know, if I look at someone, even if they're mean or rude, I'd say, um, but God, what would Jesus do here? Wouldn't he just put his hand on them and say, it's okay. You know, like it, it, it just, I don't know. This is good stuff. When did Jesus give money other than taking the money out of the fish to pay for his taxes? Right. You know, like yeah. he didn't go yeah, like us. That's, that's the American way. Oh, there's a problem. Here's, here's a hundred dollars. I'll just throw money at yeah. it. You know, yeah. like, cause I always say there's, there's multiple currencies. You're, you're, uh, there's money and there's your time. Time is way more valuable. If you're giving your time, that shows you really care to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Well, and he gave the fed the thousands of people with free food. He healed yeah. people with miracles. He didn't charge a price for it. Uh, the miracle we have to offer is unconditional love that comes from God. 
and that example, that's a miracle we have, I think, today. Um, people take that for granted. They think healing a body is a miracle. I think healing a soul is the most powerful miracle there is. So, um, yeah, hey, hey, thank you so much, Nathan, uh, for those points, too. And Reagan, why don't you see us home, man? You know, let's <laughs> close in prayer, close in prayer. Okay, let, y'all pray with me, please. Dear God, our Father in heaven, we... We desire to come after you. We desire to follow your son. We desire to be disciples. And so we pray that you would that you would help us. Um, we're so grateful that you've given us the way to follow. Uh, help us to take up our cross daily and follow after what, what Christ has done, to follow his example, to do those works that you have prepared for us from before the foundation of the world, that we would do those things not out of selfishness, but selflessness, knowing ultimately that we receive a reward from you, but also the joy and peace that comes even in this life. We know, Father, that the things of true value are eternal in nature. Um, and even if we gain the whole world here, it, it just ends and it's burned up. And it doesn't matter anymore. And so we pray that we would lay up treasures in heaven and pursue those things of eternal value that have eternal significance. And that every single day we would devote our lives to doing just that. And so when the Son of Man does come uh, in his power and glory and with the angels, that those angels will will take us uh, to be with him. Um, And the things that we have done in the body were things pleasing to you but also that we have submitted ourselves to your grace and your mercy, that we have a relationship with your son so that someday we hear good, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, we're grateful to the two brothers who are with me and we pray that you would bless all of us in our work and all those who are listening, who are working in your kingdom. May that kingdom continue to expand into the hearts of people so that they might know you and follow you. And it's in Jesus most holy name. We pray these things. Amen. 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 Thank you.